This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. We have allowed ourselves to become so disconnected and ignorant about something that is as intimate as the food that we eat. Be prepared to grow your own for victory. I'm said I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink-foamed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. So God made a farmer. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. This is episode 119, April 7th, 2019. And today I'm joined by homesteader and blogger Ashley Dempster of Townhouse Homestead as we discuss the the many things she's doing to homestead even though she has very little space. I got to tell you guys, I'm kind of excited about this one. I, I always enjoy when I get to talk to somebody who just doesn't make excuses about their situation, you know, uh, not having an ideal setup. And they just say, I'm going to do this thing no matter what. And Ashley is that kind of person. So I'm excited to, uh, to let you listen to our conversation. Uh, before we jump into that, though, let's uh, have a few homestead updates. What's going on at the small town homestead? Well, I, uh, I decided to uh, grow a SCOBY for kombucha as an experiment. Now, I already have SCOBYs, already have kombucha, but I get people asking me all the time, you know, where do I get a SCOBY so I can... Um, so I can start uh, making kombucha also. And, you know, I always tell people, well, you can find a friend who's making kombucha and you can just get one from them because everybody who makes kombucha has extra scobies, no doubt about it. Or you can buy one. You can purchase them online and they will send one to you. Because I had these same questions. I didn't ha- I didn't know anybody uh, that was making kombucha right around me uh, when um, when I first started doing it. And then I also tell people you can grow one. But I had never actually grown one from start to finish. Uh, so I decided to do that. And I, I found a bottle of organic uh, kombucha uh, in a uh, convenience store. It was a truck stop convenience store. And I just brought it home. And, um, and I thought, well, you know, if I put this in some black tea and with a couple cups of sugar and let it grow. And it did. Lo and behold, it grew. And it's a full-size scoby in about two weeks out of that. So um, if you can find an organic, a bottle of organic kom- uh, kombucha at a convenience store and put that in some black tea and a little bit of sugar to feed it, it'll grow. Uh, you will grow a scoby out of that. So that's what I did just for an experiment. And I'll be trying out and making a couple batches of that, making sure it tastes as good. But uh, so far, so good. It looks really, really good. Uh, see what else we've been doing. Mulching, mulching flower beds, mulching pathways. Really, you know, I actually got to spend a whole day working outside in the garden, doing, uh, garden prep and cleanup yesterday. That was enjoyable. It was really nice. Got a lot done around here. I also got to play Where's Waldo with the quail because I left the uh, cage door open and went to work one day. (laughs) 
So I come home in the evening and uh, go out there to, to check on all the animals. And well, there's a couple quail in the cage, but there's some missing. So I had to like go lurk. Those things can find places to hide where you just don't think they can find a place to hide. I mean, they're behind stuff and in the middle of stuff and up on top of stuff and everywhere in there. But we got them all back in there. No harm, no foul. But uh, that was interesting. And I also had my grandson out there helping me get the um, the eggs. And he had his jacket pockets full of eggs. And, of course, he's only two, and he trips and falls and just crushes all the eggs in his pocket. So he had, like, egg dripping out of his jacket pocket. And I was like, oh, that, that's nice. So, yeah, lots of fun. But, again, it's all good. I, I just, you know, it's so great to get out here and spend some time just working in the garden and doing homesteading things. It's just a great, great time. Let's do a In the News segment today. Um Basically, my In the News segment is telling you about another In the News segment that you should check out. And it's actually an article that somebody's writing every week. Tom and Julie over at Small Scale Life are writing an article on their website, uh, smallscalelife.com, called News from Around the Bend. And it's really, really good. And we've been in that. He's featured us in there a couple times. And he's just going around. He's collecting, you know, like the best podcasts, the best articles, the stuff he can find. And he's putting it in, in this uh, this article he's putting out every week it's really good you ought to go over to uh, smallscalelife.com check it out i've been enjoying reading it and letting him do the digging for me (laughs) to find all the great stuff out there so i'll have a link to that in the show notes if you want to click on that and head over there well uh let's just jump right into our main topic today it's a great one and that's a townhouse homesteading with guest ashley dempster now ashley lives in calgary canada with her fiance and they homestead in a urban townhouse she's got a tiny front yard tiny backyard and she blogs about her journey at uh, townhousehomestead.com and we're going to talk about all kinds of great stuff so let's just jump right into that conversation with ashley well ashley welcome to the modern homesteading podcast thank you so much for having me harold i'm excited to be here well i'm excited to have you i've been uh, watching what you're doing for a little while and uh and Kind of, I don't know, probably the last year or so at least, I've seen you build a blog and, and some of the things you're doing in real small limited spaces. And it, I, I get excited about that kind of stuff. I really do because I, I see so many people who have so many excuses about why they can't do, why they can't homestead rather where they're at and do the things they want to do. And then I see somebody like you come along and say, ah, I ain't going to make no excuses. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what I'm all about. Yeah, <laughs> no yeah. excuses. So, well, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got into homesteading? Yeah. So uh, my name is Ashley Dempster and I'm 27 years old. I live in Alberta, Canada. So here it is very much still winter right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and about three years ago, my boyfriend and I bought our first home. Um, which is a small townhouse in Calgary. And for those who may not know, a townhouse here means that we're connected to other homes. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's five of us in one block, and we're all quite small. I think our house is around 1,300 square feet. Um, and our yards are approximately 450 square feet. So yeah. um, I did the math this morning, and that is 0.01 of an acre that I'm gardening in. So um, <laughs> not a lot of space, but... Um, a couple of years ago, unfortunately, my, my father actually passed away quite young. He was uh, 54 and just a result of poor um, life choices and mm. poor health and all of that kind of stuff. And that's what really got me interested in learning a bit more about where our food comes from and taking a bit more responsibility for what I was feeding myself and um, my boyfriend. And so I decided I was going to start gardening in whatever form that would look like. And at the time, it was just a little um, 
pot of microgreens on the windowsill and I was absolutely hooked. And from there, it's just kind of built and grown. And uh, actually finding your podcast three years ago was what initially got me started. So it's super cool to be talking to you today. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I've heard you say that before, and, and I'm honored. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's why I do it. I, I've always, uh, I hope anyway, when I do this, that it inspires some people to, you know, take some responsibility for what they're eating. And, and even if they don't do all the things to call themselves a homesteader, at least, you know, know where their food's coming from, you know, take some responsibility on that and just, just you know, get in the movement a little bit and understand a little bit more about it. So, you know, so they can, you know, just realize what they're putting in their body. So I'm glad to hear that that's made a difference in your life. Well, um, well, you're, so you're, you're gardening now, what kind of gardening are you doing? So we do a variety of things. Gardening is kind of how the whole homesteading journey started. We've gotten into a lot of other things um, Mm -hmm. since then, but our garden, I mean, we grow mostly in containers and raised beds in the backyard and a little bit in the front yard as well. Um, but all through the winter, because here in Alberta, Canada, we have about six months of really, really cold winter where absolutely nothing grows outside. Right. So um, we've kind of taken it upon ourselves to start doing some indoor growing as well. So uh, we dabble in small hydroponic systems, um, growing things like tomatoes and peppers and greens and herbs and all that all year long. Mm. And uh, also a little bit of indoor soil growing as well. But with our limited space, it's kind of tough um, to grow anything too large in soil indoors. Yeah. So mostly we stick to the hydroponics and so uh, the raised hydro- beds. Doing tomatoes and in, in hydroponics and in, in the house. Yeah, right? little wow. ones, little cherry okay, tomatoes. The cherry tomatoes, yeah. Wow. Yeah, we're growing um, right now. We're growing bok choy, and we've got some uh, little mini um, bell peppers growing as well, and some mini eggplants too. Oh wow! So it's pretty crazy what you can do. Science yeah. is on our side when it comes to that stuff for sure. Sure. So outdoor gardening. How many raised beds do you have? Um, I mean, it's. It's a mishmash. I'm just looking back there right now. We've got, <laughs> they're, they're not very big. Like my, uh, my boyfriend built me this kind of like three tier raised bed in the corner. We also get very limited sun in our backyard because we're mm-hmm. north facing. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of like, I've got photos of it on my Instagram, but yeah. um, I wouldn't, I, I actually don't know like how much like square foot growing space we actually have, but it's not much. It's pretty much large pots and very small raised beds. So m- most of your most of your growing does happen in the house then. Um yeah, during the winter for sure, but I'd say like in the summer we grow we grow a pretty significant amount outdoors. We've actually been challenging ourselves over the past year to eat one um meal a week that is entirely self-sustained. Mm. So whether that's, you know, stuff we've grown, stuff that Sean has fished, um, you know, bread that we've baked ourselves, all of that. And it's been really interesting to see what we've been able to come up with, even having very little, um, very little space. Like, like you said before, there really is no excuse. Like, (laughs) um, it's just, it takes getting creative. It takes for us to like, you know, maximizing our space, growing vertically where we can and just really, really trying to fit in as much as we possibly can. Okay, great. Well, let's talk about some of the other things you're doing. So you're gardening, but I heard you mentioned fishing in there, uh, so mm-hmm. catching some fish, and that's, you know, you consider that part of, uh, you know, being responsible about what you're eating and, and you know, uh, bringing into your homestead there. So you do that quite a bit. Yeah, that's definitely more um, Sean's forte. I, mm-hmm. I fish every now and then, but I'm, I'm not nearly as good at it or as excited about it as he is. Um, <laughs> And here in Canada, we have the opportunity to ice fish a lot through yeah. the winter as well. So that's something we can do all year long. And we probably eat fresh fish that he's caught probably about once a week all year long. Awesome. So that's uh, that's definitely helpful. 
Um, and then, I mean, there is the opportunity to hunt here as well. We mm-hmm. haven't really gotten into that yet, but that is something that we hope to do in the future. Sure. Um, and in our city, unfortunately, we're one of those cities that doesn't allow um, chickens mm-hmm. or or quail. I looked into the Caternix quail after I heard you talking about them on the podcast yeah. a little while ago, and uh, turns out those are those are banned as well. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> I just think is a little bit silly. So you know, yeah, we're we're limited by that, but um, yeah, you just do what you can and. And like I said, you just got to get creative sometimes. Yeah, I love your attitude about that. Uh, now, you, <laughs> but, you know, I've pointed out many times that homesteading, a lot of it takes place in the kitchen, you know. I mean, sometimes yeah. you just move into there. What kind of things are you doing there? So cooking is probably my life's greatest passion. I grew up with mm. um, two parents who both loved to cook, and I grew up eating very crazy, exotic, weird things um, at a very young age because they were constantly experimenting in the kitchen and that was kind of instilled in me um, the older I got. And uh, so cooking's a big part of it, cooking from scratch. Um, I've recently really started to enjoy baking my own bread and mm-hmm. even grinding um, my own grain. Uh, we can't grow grain, obviously, in our uh, small space, but stuff that I can buy locally and um, a lot of preserving as well, like just um, learning to live a little bit more like seasonal, right, as well. And mm-hmm. uh you know, we're lucky we do live close to lots of different farms. So in the summer, I can go out and I can buy an abundance of local organic produce and then preserve it and put it up myself, whether that's through canning or dehydrating or even just freezing or, you know, batch cooking different sure. soups and meals. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of, I think it's a matter of educating yourself as well. Yeah. Like when you live in a big city, um, like we do, like we live in Calgary, Alberta, which is well over a million people. And it's so easy to think, in that metropolitan area that there is no opportunity to go out and, you know, meet your farmer and get to know where your food comes from. Mm -hmm. But, you know, all you have to do is hop on, you know, local Facebook groups or even sometimes on, um, you know, if you just kind of Google like farms in my area, (laughs) you'd be surprised what you can find. And a lot of times you're going to find that there's a lot more than you thought there was like right outside your doorstep. You just have to go find it. Oh yeah, absolutely. So you feel like that's a pretty important thing for folks to do is get out and meet their farmers and, and uh, find out exactly where the food's coming from then. Huh? Yeah, absolutely. They feed us. It's a big deal. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, that's great. So you're doing a lot of preserving too then. So you're getting this food and you're getting in there and canning and dehydrating and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Learning lots. (laughs) How did you, uh, how did you start learning that? You just, just, internet or books or yeah well um Teresa Lowe her her podcast mm-hmm. I know you've referenced yep. that many times before and uh listening to her um what is it? living homegrown right that's what yeah. it's called I believe um listening to her podcast was what really got me interested in trying to live a little bit more like seasonally and mm-hmm. um preserving in different ways right like canning I'll be honest at the beginning it freaked me out a little bit um just because you know you you of course hear of you know that one person like 10 years ago who got botulism from you know the home canned tomatoes and all that stuff so that did definitely kind of freak me out in the beginning but I find as long as you you know educate yourself and make sure mm-hmm. that you're following the rules properly and you know you're using good like recipes and all of that um it is a lot less scary but if canning freaks people out then i always just tell them okay then just start with learning how to properly freeze Mm -hmm. seasonal vegetables learning how to dehydrate you can buy a dehydrator for a couple hundred bucks and you're good to go for several years if you treat it right right um and that's that's a huge thing too like we dehydrate a ton of food yeah i remember when i was growing up you know we 
my parents could can, but honestly, we didn't can a lot. We uh, but we had a couple big freezers and we froze a lot of stuff. We blanched and froze a lot of vegetables and, and did a lot of yeah. that, you know. And that's how we preserved a lot of our food when I was when I was a kid. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, it's definitely a way to do it. It's a safe way to do it. Simple. And uh, you know, yeah. if you don't mind spending electricity on the on the freezers. I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's a very yeah. good way to do it. Absolutely. And people are less afraid of it too. I think because right. it's familiar, right? right um, yeah. Like I did not grow up in a house where we canned or preserved at all, but we always had food in the freezer. So for me, yeah. it just felt like a safer um, barrier to entry to the whole. Yeah, it's kind of where realm. you know I started to you know it was just it was just something we knew how to do, and it was just easy and yeah, you just do it. And, and you know what, I, I, I tell people that too. It's like you know, if you're afraid to do this or you don't want to do that. To be a homesteader, you don't have to. You know, there's so many things you can do. Um, Absolutely. You know, in in it that you know you don't have to do everything. And uh, yeah, you know, it's a, and you're a perfect example of that. I mean, there's a lot you can't do, and probably a lot you don't want to do. But there's yeah. so much you can do right where you're at. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, you might try something and find you don't like it too, and that's okay. But at least you tried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's being, a lot of different things. Yeah. Well, being in your in your where you're located and stuff, are you able to get out and do some foraging and, and that too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's something that is still relatively new um, to us. We only really started kind of becoming interesting or sorry, interested in foraging last year. Um, and that's another thing that again, kind of is a little scary, right? For people who are mm-hmm. unfamiliar with it, but you know, for us, we just found, okay, it's our first year. Let's focus on like three to five main things that we know exactly what they look like mm-hmm. we know that they grow around here we know where they are let's just start there and ease our way into it so that we don't get sick or freak ourselves out or you know have that i just ate this mushroom and i hope i'm going to be okay right, right. Um, so again like if if it scares you then just pick a couple things and right. until you get comfortable with that um, just stick with that that's you're still doing something I, I love foraging, but there's a lot I still don't know about it that I don't feel safe about in foraging. Yes, me and, too. And uh, you know, I'll go out and I'll well, we you know, morel mushrooms are pretty big around where I live. Uh, puffball mm-hmm. mushrooms are pretty big. You know, we'll we'll go after those things. Uh, and then you know, I'll just get a lot of different kinds of berries. There's a lot of raspberries mm-hmm. and blackberries and mulberries and things like that around here. Uh, Absolutely. Nut trees, things like that. I mean, there is so much you can do that's fairly familiar that you don't have to go after the stuff that you don't feel comfortable with. And, and yeah, foraging can be a huge, huge part of, of supplying food for your homestead for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for us, we, we don't, <laughs> it sounds amazing. You're like, Oh, we've got morels and we've got berries. Like I know we do too, but it's a lot harder to find around here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we focus on more kind of like greens and herbs mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, just, start small. That's kind of my mentality with everything. And I mean, I have no choice because I'm in a small space, but (laughs) if you start small, um, you're going to experience more success, I think as well, because it's more focused. You're not trying to do a hundred different things at once. You're focusing on like, you know, five things at once and you're going to have really good success with, you know, four or five of those five things. And that's going to build your confidence. And then, you know, next time, next year, when next spring rolls around, you might want to focus on a few different things. And I think that's kind of the beauty of this whole thing is that you can never possibly know it all. And there's always more to learn. And mm-hmm. that's why the community is so great as well, because there's so many different people out there who just are a wealth of knowledge and they just love to share right. the kindest community of people, the homesteaders, yeah. for sure. Well, what other kind of things are you doing in small spaces that you can do as a homesteader there? Um, so I dabbled in, uh, something called button quail. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Yeah. 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 So I was 
kind of doing my research and I'm like, okay, Caternix quail are not legal in Calgary. So, and then I'm at the pet store and I see these little tiny birds and I'm like, that looks like a quail. And it was, it was a button quail. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, if it's at the pet store, it must be fine. Um, (laughs) So I brought home a couple of those just to kind of experiment a little bit. And people online just thought that was hilarious. Somebody started calling them my apartment chickens. Um, (laughs) So I, I tried my best to embrace it, but honestly, that that didn't work out very well for us. Um, they drove our dog absolutely insane because we had to keep them in the house. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and they're like you said, they are messy. Those they, guys. Yes, like, they, they are. <laughs> oh my god, they just like throw stuff like no tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we kept them for about six months, and they laid a couple eggs for us. But at the end of the day, we were like, this just isn't really, uh, this isn't really working for us, and it's making our dog psychotic so yeah i rehomed them to a lovely family not far from here <laughs> um <laughs> but other than that like i i love to knit so i'm mm. trying to learn more about knitting and different needle crafts this year as well just another little um facet of self-sufficiency um and, we, and you know so many people think yeah. of that as like a, a hobby too rather than totally. like a self-sufficiency skill but it absolutely can be i mean if especially oh, yeah. what you're doing with that with that knowledge I mean, am I ever going to knit all my own clothes? Absolutely not. <laughs> right. But it's just, it's just another skill, you know, to build and to have in your repertoire that it's nice to know that you can mm-hmm. do things for yourself. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Um, and then also this year, I want to get into making more like personal care products, mm-hmm. um, you know, like lip balms and lotions and maybe sure. soap, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much most so- of what we do around here. Yeah, it's just so much you can do. I'm, boy, I just I, I hear all the things you're doing in such a small, you know, in small space, and you know, not being out in the country. And I'm going, yeah, just people don't have an excuse for <laughs> not doing no. if, if they want to. And I, you know, and that's here's the thing. You know, I've always just thought, you know, if you want it bad enough, you'll do it. And the people who say they want it and they're not doing anything, yeah, you know, I do have to question: do they really want yeah. it, or do they just want to talk about it and think about it, and you know, yeah. just they enjoy the the thought of thinking about it, you know, doing it one day. But if they really wanted it, they'd pursue some degree of it anyway. Like you're right, and, uh, and well, I did that. I mean, too it's romantic. Years, so. Yeah, it's romantic to think about, right? But not mm-hmm. everybody wants to put in the work, which is fine. That's yeah, totally yeah. fine. Like it is not, it is not cute when I am out in my PJs trying to cover up my plants in the winter because a hailstorm is rolling in. <laughs> right, like that's. You know, and it's not nice when your animals get sick. And like, there's a lot of things I know that are associated with this life that um, are are not the romanticized kind of vision of it. Right. Um, but like they say, you know, if you really want to do something, you'll find a way, and otherwise, you'll find an excuse, right? Absolutely. Well, let's talk about your blog for a minute. Now, you started blogging mm-hmm. how long ago? Oh my goodness, um, probably close to a year ago now. And yeah. it's just one of those things. I kind of have a bad habit of biting off like way more than I can chew in my life. <laughs> in every way. Um, so I started my blog and it started strong. I was like, Oh, I've got all these ideas for posts. And I think to the day I've probably only written maybe like four or five blog posts and it's been about a year. So I really do want to get better (laughs) at that. Um, but yeah, we've just, we've had a lot going on this past year. I, I started a business and we got engaged and it's just been a little bit crazy. So, Mm -hmm. um, the blog has kind of fallen by the wayside, but I do uh, plan to do a lot more with that. And most well, you're pretty active, uh, you know, on the blog side of it. Maybe you're not sharing a lot of posts, but you definitely are promoting that through Instagram and Facebook oh, yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, you're there yes. a lot. Yeah, Instagram is like my like micro blog. I post on there multiple times yeah. a day. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I I do want to get more going with the blog because I just I am so passionate about showing people that 
you can do so many things regardless of your circumstances. Yeah, like, that's what I was wondering. What was kind of the purpose of the blog? Was it just a hobby or was you really wanting to just get a message out there that people absolutely. could do Absolutely. Yeah. I, mean, I follow girls on Instagram who are up in the Yukon territories here in Canada, like, you know, growing indoors all year. Mm-hmm. And it's just incredible what people can do if they really put their minds to it. And I mean, we live in a really interesting time because we, you know, we are trying to pursue this more simple, self-sufficient life, but we also have technology on our side mm-hmm. at the same time. So, you know, if if your only option to grow food through the winter is to use a hydroponic system with an LED light, then that's what you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was that a pretty big learning process for you doing that? It, for me, it wasn't too bad because um, at the moment, just because, again, because of our small space, we use the, um, the Aero Gardens. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of those. Yeah, I have. Yeah, they're definitely like a smaller, it's very much like a plug-and-play system. There's not a whole lot of um, research required there. Um, So they're great. They're great for, like, beginners. They're great for people who don't have a lot of room. If we had more space, like, to dedicate, like, a full room of our house to growing, I would definitely want to look into building our own hydroponic systems Mm -hmm. um, or even potentially, like, get into aquaponics and that kind of stuff in the future. But for now... I mean, that's that's what we have to work with, and it works really well for us. Yeah, I've seen some pictures of your setup. It looks pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. Our <laughs> our house basically like glows purple all through the night. I'm not sure what my neighbors think, but <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a system like that. You just basically, I mean, it has the lights built into it, right? And you just basically yep. add water and and some uh, uh, what nit- nitrates or whatever to the water. Yeah, and... like liquid um, nutrients or whatever. There's yeah. a bunch of different ones on the market, yeah. but um, yeah, the lights on a timer. The pump is automatic. You just have to make sure, you know, you're giving it its nutrients every two weeks. You're topping up the water every couple of days. And other than that, it is pretty hands off. Mm, wow. So it's not it's not bad. It's not a bad little system for what it is, for sure. Yeah, I, I cool. have five. So obviously, I'm <laughs> <laughs> obviously I like them. I'm kind of a bit of a collector yeah. at this point. Well, you're that's how you grow a lot of food in your house. Right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you got a lot going on, but something tells me you've got you know, bigger plans in the future. What what were you thinking on down the road? How's, uh, what's, what's homesteading going to look like for Ashley? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We definitely are needing a little bit more. Um, you know, Sean and I have always dreamed of living in the country and this mm. house has been kind of like our midway, you know, our introduction to home ownership and, you know, we're young still. Right. So this makes sense for us. Um, but we are looking to move out to the country in the next year or so here, which I'm super excited about. I'm terrified because I've been a city kid my entire life. And so has he. But, um, you know, this whole journey, you know, that all started with a little pot of microgreens on the windowsill has just inspired us more than we ever thought it would. And, you know, for Sean, too, he's like he's the kind of guy that I can't believe I can get him to sit down to a plate of like homegrown salad. Like he wasn't that guy when we started dating seven years ago. And now he wants to get out into the country and raise chickens and goats and have a huge garden. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a bug. It gets in you and you just, you just want, you just want to pursue it. So we're still trying to figure out what that's going to look like. We don't want to go very far from where we are right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I think if we can find something that's, you know, a couple acres and really, like invest in our garden and, you know, get some small livestock and, you know, really get a true taste for what this life is like. I think that's kind of our, uh, our long-term goal here. 
Well, with your can-do attitude, I'm sure it's going to be pretty awesome, and you're going to be doing all kinds of really neat stuff, and you're going to have Absolutely. all kinds of really fun stuff to blog about too. So I, I expect that blog will start, um, you know, just uh, yeah. blowing up. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. Like, I wonder if blogging is still relevant in today's world, you know, because like I love mm-hmm. to consume content through podcasts and audiobooks yeah. and YouTube, but you know, I've always loved to write, so I figure there's going to be someone out there who wants to read it. So I guess yeah. I should. I get going on it. it. <laughs> I think that I felt like the blog for the for me the blog is like the hub. You know, it's like you right. can still do the yeah. videos, you can do the podcast, you can do you know all the things, but you you kind of have to have a hub for all that stuff to be kind of you know, going out from. So that's what I think of. You know, I mean the podcast is is my biggest thing, but we write a lot of articles here too, and and you know it's it's but the main thing is the podcast, but you know it's the hub for that. You know, and then you can right. kind of go out from there. And, and videos, I see people doing the same thing with YouTube videos. You want you want a hub for those things where people can go there and check it out, but. Yeah, but there there are those people who just love to read. I mean, it's sometimes it's a lot quicker just to reference a blog and and read something really fast than it is to watch a whole video or listen to a whole podcast. Oh, for sure. You know, yeah, so. and I mean, I'm sure you probably experienced this too. But once you start getting the same question, you know, mm-hmm. over and over and over again from people, you're like, okay, <laughs> I have to write a blog post about this right. because obviously yeah. people want to know, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So yeah, it is it is still relevant. I think it's um it's just one of those things that like everything in life, it changes over time, but. Yeah, I'm really excited to share our journey, not just in homesteading, but also what it looks like to hunt for a property. Like we've been out kind of mm. poking around at a few so far, and it's a, it's a different world. <laughs> Rural yeah. life is a different world. <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I live in town now, but I grew up in the country. And you know, this was yeah. the first time, when I moved here, it was the first time I'd ever lived in a town. So, you know. Oh, was, my gosh. That you, was a, you got the that, city water. You've got yeah, all, it was a big transition. all the creature comforts. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was the first time we didn't have to split firewood to heat our home and all kinds oh of stuff. Gosh. So it was a big change for me going the other way, you know. Absolutely. But I kind of missed the old way, <laughs> you know, too. Did you so. experience any, like, um, kind of, like, culture shock coming into the town from after living in the country? Oh, for sure, yeah. Just such yeah. a, you know, busier lifestyle and just, yeah, you know, and, and it's it's ultimately what led to a lot of my troubles as far as health too because right. you know, it's so much easier just to go out and eat once you're in the city than you know when you're out in the country you gotta drive into town to go out and eat Absolutely. so it, you know you didn't do it that much but when it's just yeah. down the street it's pretty easy to hop in your car and head down and get something to eat and it's those kind of things that ultimately yeah. lead to bad health and some bad lifestyle choices definitely yeah definitely a culture shock though too yeah just the busyness of life and things are just a lot different but and having neighbors close by <laughs> it's, it's yeah too yeah, that's course, actually one thing I think we might miss. Like, we, we yeah. love our neighbors. I think yeah. it's going it, yeah, to be kind of hard to be out there. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel there. that way. I had somebody yeah. on the podcast, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, and they were talking about how, you know, it was like the other way around. They kind of moved out in the country thinking they would get away from neighbors, but they actually found they became closer to their neighbors. Yes. You know, and I thought that was interesting. It was an interesting take on how that works. That's awesome, though. Like, I think that's one of the most beautiful things about it is there is more sense of community out there. You know, yeah, like we're really yeah. lucky that we have good neighbors here in the city because most people in the city can't stand their neighbors. Um, right. Like I know that's kind of the anomaly here, but you know, I think when you're out there and you know that, you know, the nearest town is, you know, 30 minutes away, you kind of have to rely on each other a little bit more. And I think right. that that's really wonderful. I'm actually really? looking forward to that. A lot less people, but you end up with, it's a different kind of friendship. It's a deeper relationship. You end up with your Definitely. neighbors for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, Anything you want to say to folks who, um, you know, maybe just they're thinking about getting going down this path, but, you know, they're not real oh, sure. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, just, just try. Just start. Go to yeah. the library. Get a few books. Like, just consume, consume, consume. Like, when I decided I was going to 
start pursuing this lifestyle, which I guess at the time I didn't even realize I was doing. I was just going to start a garden. But I was just a sponge. Like I wanted every podcast that I could get my hands on. I wanted every book. I wanted to read every blog. My Pinterest was like a shrine to like chickens and plants. And (laughs) I just think, you know, we live in a time where there's so much information available. Um, You just, yeah, you just need to consume all you can. And also don't be afraid to fail. Like, you know, people are like, oh, you know, you have such a green thumb, blah, blah, blah. No, I I don't. I have killed so many plants. I just don't post the dead ones, right? (laughs) um, You know, you can't be afraid to try and keep good notes, you know, try things, see what works, see what doesn't. And just never stop learning and just start where you are. There are little things that everybody can do right where they are right now. That's great. That's been my anthem since the very beginning. So I'm glad to hear you repeat it. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, where can folks find out more about you and the things you're doing? Yeah, for sure. My, um, my Instagram account, which is where I'm most active. I'm on there every day, multiple times a day. And that's just townhouse homestead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Facebook as well, which I'm not as active on, but we do have a page there as well. And that's also townhouse homestead. And then the website is just townhousehomestead.com. Um, and I will, <laughs> I will get on those blog posts. I want to post a lot more this summer. <laughs> Well, definitely. Yeah. When you move to the country, you're definitely going to have a lot more to talk about. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and yeah, I look forward I to maybe wait. seeing some posts on you know, looking for a country home, too, because I think that could oh, be yeah. really interesting. We have seen some interesting stuff. Like, it's going to be an adventure. So. Yeah, I hope you document all that. I'm really looking forward to reading yeah, some of that. So, great. Absolutely. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. I really am glad you decided to come on. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I know you enjoyed that. I sure, I sure did. Uh, I just, like I said, I love talking to folks who, you know, don't make excuses and they just get out there and do it. They, they say, you know what? I want to do this. I don't care what my situation is. I'm going to do it. So Jeff, definitely uh, check out Ashley's website and her Instagram account. I'm, I follow her on Instagram. She's always posting a lot of great stuff there. I'll also put links to her, those two things in the show notes, and I'll put a link to those aero gardens, those hydroponic indoor gardens that she uses, and you can check those out if that's uh, something maybe that you feel like you could use at your place to start your homesteading journey. So uh, let's just jump right into our homestead recipe of the week. This week's recipe is a fall garden jambalaya. Uh, it comes in from Angie from Marshland Acres, and uh, this is some good stuff here, guys. I know you're going to like this one. Hello, this is Angie from Marshland Acres. My recipe is fall garden jambalaya. You take one pound of ground sausage, one large onion dice, brown. Add two to three potatoes that are chopped, three to four carrots that are sliced or chopped, Add that to the brown mixture. Cook until partially done. Add your extra large zucchini. I peel and dice. Add one small head of cabbage chopped. Cook until potatoes are completely done. I salt and pepper to taste. Top with shredded cheese. I serve with garlic bread. A little tip is I do cook it out on the grill. I use my large black roaster as uh, until things cook down, it takes a lot of space. Enjoy. It's a family favorite. Oh, that's got your mouth watering, don't it? Yeah, that's good stuff right there. Uh, if you want to send in your favorite homestead recipe, and, and folks, I do need some recipes, so send them in. Uh, just kick open your phone and kick up the, re- the, the recording app in your phone. And just tell us what that is. And, uh, you know, I'll play it on the podcast. You know, just uh, 
say this is so and so from if you got a if you've got a uh, homestead name or a website name you can throw that in there you don't have to and just say a recipe i like and want to share with you today is and have at it try to keep your recordings between one to five minutes and believe me it doesn't have to be perfect i don't do anything that's perfect so you won't fit in here if, if it's perfect so <laughs> just send us your best your best shot when you're satisfied with it just uh, email that audio clip to sthomestead at gmail.com, and I'll add it to a future episode. Look forward to getting those. I really, really enjoy these recipes and, and trying the, these new things out. And I know a lot of people have already told me they love the recipe segment. So keep them coming or it'll go away. We don't, we don't want it to go away. We need some great recipes. Um, if you want to submit a question for the podcast, you can do so by sending that in to ask at smalltownhomestead.com. I'd be happy to answer a, a question briefly on the podcast as well. Uh, so just go ahead and send those in and folks, I really appreciate all of you who support this podcast. You do that through joining our membership community. If you want to know more about that, head on over to smalltownhomestead.com, click on become a member in the menu there. I really appreciate those who, who shop through Amazon using our affiliate link and really grateful for those of you who share this podcast with others. I mean, that's how this thing grows. It grows every week. It gets bigger and bigger every week. So I really appreciate that. If you want the show notes for this episode, they can be found at smalltownhomestead.com forward slash 119. And let me just leave you with this quote from Thomas Jefferson. He says, no occupation is so delightful to me as the culture of the earth and no culture comparable to that of a garden. It's good stuff there. Happy homesteading, folks, and God bless. Thanks for listening. To see the show notes for this podcast or listen to other podcast episodes, go to smalltownhomestead.com. There you can also read our blog, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, and take advantage of the many resources we make available to help you along in your homesteading journey. Please share this podcast and help us to carry out our mission of helping others to homestead today for a better tomorrow.